He's worthy. Amen. Lord Jesus, you are so worthy. We bless you and we honor you in this place tonight. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for sending us the mighty Holy Ghost. He lives in us. You've made us the temple of the living God. Father, let us be your dwelling place. And let the power of God rest upon us and flow out through us. We give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Give our worship team a great big thank you tonight. Hallelujah. As you are seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm gonna, how many of you were here this morning? I was just, that altar call just... Uh, brought me to tears. Wasn't it awesome? You know, I was thinking about uh, uh, our part. You know, Jesus said, go ye, preach the gospel. Now, not everybody is going to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. But every one of us has a part to play in seeing that the gospel gets preached. So no matter, you know, no matter what, we're going to kind of look at that tonight and seeing how God has distributed to the body of Christ, to each individual. Say, I am part of the body of Christ. So we are, the Bible calls us the body of Christ, calls us the church. He's the head, we're the body. Now, how many of you know your head does nothing without your body? And your body does nothing without your head. Didn't see any just heads rolling in here tonight. Or no headless horsemen walked in, right? They're connected together. And in vital connection, vital union. He's the head, we are the body. Now, a lot of folks, you know, uh, I, think, I think we spend a lot of times praying to ask God to do something that it, he's given us the responsibility to do. The head is going to accomplish what he does in the earth through his body. Just like your head accomplishes what it needs through the body. Now, the body would be foolish to take the credit, right, and the glory. And have you ever thought about this? Your head and your body have the same name, right? I mean, you didn't walk in. I see Juan. Wave everybody, Juan, back there, Johnny. We call him Johnny, but Juan. Call him so there's Johnny back there. You know, Johnny came in. Thank God, head, body, everything's with him there. Well, that's Johnny. Now his elbow is called Fred, and his right knee is Tony. And no, that's Johnny. We're the body of Christ. The whole family in heaven and earth goes by the name. That's why we're told we can use that name of Jesus. We've been given authority to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, if you would, please. Romans chapter 1. How many of you are thankful for the grace of God? 
You know, the grace of God is, is uh, we'll read at the very end tonight if we get that far, First uh, Peter chapter 4, that it's manifold, it's many-sided, there's many aspects, many different parts of the grace of God, yet it's all grace. But you know, grace, the grace that we have that brings us salvation does something in us, Right? The grace that brings holiness, you know, sanctifying grace, sanctify, it does something in us. It's for us. Salvation is for us. Sanctification is for us. We have grace that empowers us to stand and to have victory in life. That does something for us. But we want to talk tonight about grace that enables us to serve others. Amen? This is something that we have from God. It's the grace of God. In other words, it's not anything that we have in and of ourselves. So we're not talking about some type of natural ability tonight. We're talking about the grace of God, which is a supernatural endowment. In fact, we'll look in one place where it talks about this, this spiritual gift, this grace of God. It is an endowment of God's uh, ability. It's supernatural in its source. It enables us to do what we could not do in and of ourselves. The Apostle Paul knew this better than anyone. You think about Paul. What had the grace of God done in his life? I mean, Paul, Paul was putting to death Christians for calling on the name of the Lord. He's got, he's got legal authority from the Jews' religion to, in, to imprison or to put to death those who are calling on the name of the Lord. And he's good at it. But the grace of God interrupted him. Jesus appeared to him. And then Paul spent his rest of his life on this earth serving other people. You don't see him doing anything for himself. In fact, you know, he would go preach and he would go find a job. He would work while he was there. He traveled. In fact, they traveled together, tent makers. You know, what would be, they'd be contractors, carpenters. Today, we don't build houses out of tents, right? But in that day, you know, if you had a good tent, boy, you were set up. A lot of businesses operated out of tents in that region of the world. We wouldn't have that today. We'd want to build a building. So that's what they did. They'd work and labor with their own hands to pay their own way so they could preach the gospel freely. He was a hard worker. Amen. But he's going to tell us, we'll see in a moment. He said that I, it's the grace of God in me. I worked harder than anybody else, but it was the grace in me. He knew about how to yield to the grace of God. Now, listen to me. You may not, I may not, and you may not have the same uh, grace in the same measure, in the same area that the Apostle Paul had. You know, I'm going to tell you this right now. No one in here is called to write two-thirds of the epistles to the church. Paul already did that. Now, you might be called to write a book. You might be called to write a blog. You might be called to write a post. You might be called to write a text. But you're not called to write any more Bible. It's already been written. Amen. But yet it's the same grace, just in different measures and in different ways to us, to us all. Paul said here in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Notice what he said. We have received grace and apostleship. It was the grace of God that made him an apostle. It wasn't, it wasn't his background. Now, how many of you know he was a, boy, he was very zealous in the Jewish religion. He was well-trained, well-taught. Yet, 
It wasn't because of any of that that he was given this grace. It was because it was God's plan and purpose for his life. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And he already has set aside everything you will need. He's given you as a Christian a divine ability or abilities to fulfill the calling on your life. Tell your neighbor, we have a calling. That's a, that's, I like to think of it this way. A calling is to, to summons. It's an invitation. I think of it this way. The calling of God is a divine invitation to participate in what he's, in what he's doing on the earth today. He's invited you. Not only that, he's purposed for you to be involved. Amen. Part of it's showing up for church. That's part of it. But not just, not just warming a seat, being a part, getting involved. And there's a lot of different things with that, all right? Look at Romans chapter 12. You know, Romans is, I think, the greatest treatise we have on the grace of God is so many different ways that it's used. We don't have time to go through it, obviously, uh, tonight, the book of Romans. In fact, we have a whole eight-week term on it, and Doug Jones hasn't gotten through the book of Romans yet. See, if he'd show up at church on Sunday, I wouldn't talk evil of him, but he's not here, so he'll hear about it, though, because we have students here. Now, that, did you hear what Brother Tad said about you? Every time I mention my wife in my class, by the end of the, end of the school day, she's heard about it. Some people think it's their story to tell. I don't speak evil of my wife. I'm not that dumb. But they tell her what I said. Romans 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing, according to the grace that is given to us. Now, the word gifts there and the word grace actually uh, come from the same root word. Uh, grace is, is if, you've, if you've looked it up in, the, in a Greek dictionary, like a Strong's Concordance or a Vines Expository Dictionary or a Thayer's uh, Dictionary of Biblical Word, then it tells you that grace is the word charis, spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. And the word for gifts there in this instance is the word charisma, Charis with an M-A added to it, and it means an endowment of the grace. So we could say it this way, having then endowments of grace differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. He goes on to say, if prophecy, let us prophesy. That doesn't make you a prophet, just because you might speak forth by divine inspiration. Uh, in pro- let, it, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, that's serving. Let us use it in our ministering or our serving. He who teaches in teaching. What, what are we using? We're using that grace, that gift. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, how many of you know that at any time, any of us could do those things? However, there are some people that have a greater measure in these areas. And God might use them in that. All right, and use them that way. That's up to him. That doesn't make them anything special. You know, Paul tried to point that out. He said, you know, uh, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Who is he talking about? You and me. Amen. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it didn't make any sense to the prophet Samuel when he went to anoint a new king in Bethlehem, did he? at Jesse's house. Didn't make any sense to him. He said, that first son came in, oh my goodness, this has to be him. Look at him. 
You know, he was a warrior. He was part of the army of Israel. Look at him. He came striding in there, you know. It'd been a long time since he had to be out with the sheep. He came striding in there. Surely the Lord's anointed is before us. No, God said, I've rejected him. He rejected all of them except for the last. He said, don't you have any more sons? I know God sent me. He said, I've got one more out there, but he's tending the sheep. He said, bring him, fetch him, get him in here. And as soon as he walked in, the Lord, Samuel, the Lord told Samuel, that's him. He said, he said, here's the problem. People look on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. Right? Amen. So, People, you know, all of us have certain areas that we're more inclined in. You know, how many of you realize these folks up here that had a microphone in their hand? They have a gift in the area of singing and singing on tune, not just singing. How many of you, how many of you sing? It doesn't matter. I'm not asking if you're good. How many of you do sing though, right? Did you notice how many of you did not have a microphone tonight and how many of them did? They have a better inclination that way because of the grace of God. And that's all right. Praise the Lord. I want to say this to you. Always, always yield to the greater grace in somebody. If they got a greater grace in an area, let them handle it. Let them do it. You support them. You help them do it. We ought never, ever be afraid of somebody going to come along and do it better than us. Glory to God. Because if they can do it, guess what? You get to do something else. Help them. It's a joy. It's a joy. Amen. You know, Brother Hagin, I remember sitting in class 40 years ago, and he would say, he said, I, it's taken me all these years to learn these things, learn how to live by faith and learn all this stuff I'm teaching you. He said, don't take, he said, you're getting the benefit of it. Take what you're hearing now, put it into practice. He said, and go out and do beyond what I've ever done and whatever I thought about, ever I thought about doing. He said, if you don't, I'm going to come out there and kick you right in the seat of the pants Tell you, get going. See, it's a joy. How many of you know it's a joy for your children to outdo you? Yeah. Amen. I want them to make lots of money. That's all right. Now, here's one thing I will say about this. I can already tell I'm not getting to all, all this scripture list. I thank you guys for putting those scriptures in there. Maybe we'll come back to it at a later date, but we'll get, we'll get to some of them. Just because you are gifted in an area, and you are gifted, doesn't mean you need to give yourself a title. I've told this story before. We, were at a, we had a worship conference at our church there in Illinois, and several different churches came from around the area, and and, you know, they registered, and it was a, it was a, a paid conference because we're giving out lots of different materials and stuff to them from our main speaker. It just had a great conference. It was a really good conference. And different ones came from different churches. And uh, I was out greeting people. Oh, hello, how are you? You know, where are you from? You know, and different people. You know, I, I wasn't asking anybody, you know, what they did. I just, where church are you from? Oh, that's great. Praise the Lord. Glad you're here. And I had this one lady walked up to me, you know, and she almost did the Barney Fife, you know, to kind of his, his, when he was Christian. Now I know some of you don't have a clue who Barney Fife is. The Bible says, let the ignorant remain ignorant still. In fact, it was on TV when I left home tonight. Barney was on. But anyway, Barney would get kind of proud of himself, you know, and well, she kind of did that. And she said, I'm the pastor's personal intercessor. 
we're not worthy to have you in our conference. In fact, if I was you, I'd just go home right now so the rest of us peasants can learn something. The pastor's personal intercessor. (laughs) How many of you know that's given yourself a title? She might have felt that she should pray for her pastor. Maybe she was part of a prayer team at her church that did pray for their pastor. But you don't need a title to be an intercessor, to pray. Amen. All right, let me, let me, let me say some other things because you didn't like that that much. So let me say some other things here. Just because, oh boy, here we go again. This is another one. Just because you are gifted in an area or God uses you in an area doesn't give you unlimited authority in that area. In fact, any authority that we do have, you understand it is delegated from the head of the church. But you know, you know, bless their hearts. We were at a church, what year was that? Was that the summer of 83? We were in Greenville. Was that after, or was that in 82, the fall of 82? We were at a United Methodist Church in Greenville, Illinois, and it was a lay witness mission. That's how I kind of cut, we cut our teeth on those type of, uh, ministry-wise, on those type of, of uh weekends, Friday night, Saturday, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning. And it was basically, we would go in and do the youth and do a lot of music and that. You had to have music for youth. And so we were there. I was a student at Rainbow, went back for that one. And uh, uh, we had this young guy, what was, that, what was that kid that could play the piano for? Huh? Steven from Decatur, the t- Decatur-Macon, Illinois area. This guy could play the piano. I mean... Yes, when he played, the anointing of God was in that place. And this, this kid, he was a, you know, one of our team members. And so at the Sunday morning service, you know, at the offertory, he played, you know. He played, man, he just played. I mean, it was glorious. Just the presence of God was in that Methodist church. Well, if you know anything about the Methodist church, at, after the offering, you have to sing Praise God from whom all... You have to sing the doxology. I mean, you have to sing it. It's, it's, a, it's a law in the United Methodist Church. At least when I grew up, it was. I mean, his, his foot was not off the sustain pedal. When that organist hit that first note, bah! I'll show that kid. I know exactly what it was. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to outdo me. I'm the church organist. Well, thank God, honey, you can play the organ. We didn't need you. Amen? You know, one of the things, that, let me say this about serving God, be willing for God to say, I don't need you this time. Oh, my. Well, I'm the, I'm the, well, you, I'm the, I've been doing this for how many years? I've been, in, I've been in this way for, that's the problem, honey, you're in the way. Get out of the way. Let somebody else do it. Let's do something else. Or let's help them. Be there and support them. Pass on what you've learned. Glory to God. All right, let me try something else here. Just because God uses you in one area doesn't mean that you don't have to help in others. <laughs> Well, brother, I'm not an evangelist, so I don't witness. Oh, really? I thought the Bible said, go ye and preach the gospel to every creature. Right? 
well, you know, I don't have that, I don't have that grace gift of giving, so I don't give. Oh, really? Well, you know, I don't have that gift of mercy, so I don't, I'm not merciful. You know me, I'm a prophet. Prophets aren't merciful. Amen. We're so goofy in the body of Christ. Now, I want to say this. When we all get, when we get to heaven and we stand before Jesus, he's going to correct every one of our doctrine. Not one person down here has it 100%. Paul said, I know in part and preach in part, right? Amen. And guess what? Nobody's going to be there in the crowd judging you because their turn's coming. But we are so goofy sometimes in our doctrine, you know. We think we've got exclusive this. Anyway, all right, let's read some scripture. Maybe that'll go over better. Romans 15. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've been going over some of these things with our student body, right? First year student, uh, students this year, this term with uh, studying the different aspects of the grace of God. And uh, uh, go over some of these same scriptures, but don't necessarily go into some of this like we do here because, you know, this isn't a classroom. This is, a, this is our congregation. And uh, we're there, you know, they're training for future. We're in, you're in the ministry right now. You're part of this church. You're born again, child of God. You're in the ministry. Every man, Pastor Hagin's preached for every man a minister. Every, when he says man, everyone, every man, every woman. It's got something type of ministry. If nothing else, the ministry of reconciliation, right? 2 Corinthians 5, Romans 15, 15 says, and, and 16, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you, because of the grace of God given to me, the grace given to me by God. Who gave him the grace? Why, how did Paul write what he wrote? Because God had given him grace to write it. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, one aspect of this grace that is so important is that the grace of God will make you a team player. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll start in verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Like I said, none of us are called to do what we're called to do alone. I mean, you think about it. You know, how many of you realize right t- tonight there's only one person preaching a sermon in this, in this several in here that could, but only one? But how many different people are with the children tonight? How many different people are ushering? How many different people are working uh, media and, and all, all those different things? And, and, you know, all the different things that it takes to go in to having a service. Okay, aren't you glad you're not the only one that has to pay the electric bill here at Rhema Bible Church? Aren't you glad you got your brothers and sisters? If they'll do their part, you do your part, it gets paid, right? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. Notice that? Who gave to Paul? Who gave to Apollos? The Lord. I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, neither he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's, now notice what this says, we are God's fellow workers. 
King James says fellow laborers. Here the New King James says fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Now, Paul here is saying, he and Apollos, you know, they both been to Corinth, and, and Paul planted, Paul preached first, then Apollos came in and watered, watered, he preached, might have preached the same things, but it watered what was already been planted. Notice that God gave the increase. And Paul called Apollos his fellow worker, his fellow worker. Now, listen to me. This is, I mean, if, it, if we could call anybody, you know, give him a time. This is the great Apostle Paul here. I mean, his ministry had great results, right? He had a lot of fruit. But notice what he called Apollos, my fellow, my fellow. Fellow means equal with, partner with, worker, all right? So not anybody at Rhema Bible Church has to do it all. But all of us need to do our part so all gets done. Amen? And be, be that like that, he said, a fellow worker together. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, he'd, been, he'd talked about Jesus and his resurrection in the first part of this chapter that we preach Jesus, he crucified, but he also raised from the dead and how he appeared to different ones. And that finally he was seen by Paul, who he said, I was the least of the apostles, you know, and, and that because I persecuted the church. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me which was with me. Here at the men's conference, again, somebody pointed out that we used to have a class here at Raymond uh, Bible College, but also I heard, I've heard pastors say it's in, in the pulpit here, that ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. That's how you spell ministry. Now, I'm not saying it's work like it's a drudgery, but I'm saying it takes effort. And if we should give anything our maximum effort, shouldn't it be the work of God? Shouldn't it be the plan of God? Now, wait a minute. Works, what? Wait, works, works. Now, that's a, the only works are under the law, brother. Well, Ephesians 2, 10 says, we are his workmanship created unto good works. Amen. So, you know, if if, if, you know, you, you can, whatever you're doing, you know, tonight the ushers, they're working in the area of ushering. Amen. Now, I know they're serving, they're doing it as unto the Lord, but you understand it's part of the work that God has called them to do. How many of you know every part of your body has a certain work and function? Maybe work or function might be a better word than work, that they're functioning, but every part of your body has a certain function. Now, what happens if part of your body quits functioning like it's supposed to? Does it affect the rest of the body? Oh, yeah. It does. And if, you, if, if, if it affects it long enough, then it could cause the entire body to shut down and no longer function, and your spirit leaves this body and goes to be with the Lord. Amen. But, you know, and it's designed 
designed, you know, my elbow, it's a, it, it's a joint, but it doesn't make a very good knee. Right? But they're both, they both bend. Look at that. Same time. I got rhythm. Can you do it opposite? You know, oh no, I can't even do it opposite. I have to, right? Pat my head, rub my stomach, all that stuff. But how many of you know the knee's not supposed to be an elbow? The elbow's not supposed to be a knee, but we need them all. We need them both. And it is work. Paul said, he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said it was that grace. He said, I worked more, labored more abundantly, but yet it wasn't really me. It was the grace of God in me. The moment you set out to do something for God, the grace of God is going to go into action going to give you the ability to do whatever God's called you to do. Well, how do I know what God's called me to do? Now, guys, I don't have this on there, but I'm going to end with this tonight. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, please. To me, it's the greatest tragedy that is happening in, in churches around the world today is Christians not knowing what they're called to do. Did you hear me? You should know what God has called you to do. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 says, Paul's praying, he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So the knowledge of him. So tonight we're talking about the grace of God that enables us to serve in the calling. So in the knowledge of that grace. So you can make that specific to what you're needing information about, revelation concerning. But then he goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Everybody say, no. Now, not wonder about, not guess, but that you may know. That you may know what is the hope, he says, of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us, which raised Christ from the dead. What is the hope of his calling? Over in chapter 4, verse 1, we're told to walk worthy of the vocation or the calling wherewith we are called. That's written to every Christian. This book's written to the saints and the faithful. He hasn't even mentioned yet apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? This is written to every one of us. Well, I'm not an apostle. That doesn't mean you don't have a calling. He's praying this for everybody at Ephesus, and we can pray this for every one of us, every Christian. All right? So you say, I don't know what I'm called to do. Then I want you to go, I want you to start praying that prayer. Brother Hagin taught us to pray that prayer. He talked about how great it's been in his life. Pastor, they talk about praying that, this prayer. That's one of the things this ministry is, is help people around the world, is to find out what God's called them to do by praying that prayer. Father, the God, Father, God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened, enlightened, that I might know what is the hope of your calling. It says the hope of his. What is the hope of your calling? What is your confident expectation on your divine invitation and summons to come work with you? What is my part, God? Give me wisdom and revelation. Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Let that light bulb go on. You ever seen a cartoon where the light bulb goes on? Now, I'm not talking about the wily e. Coyote here. His light bulb ideas were not good. I'm talking about God's light going on. 
illuminating the path. Pray that prayer for yourself. Pray that prayer for other Christians. Put, your, put their name in there. You know, I, I pray this prayer a lot for Rob. Rob needs lots of help praying, so I pray this prayer for him a lot. That's what Sarah told me at least. I pray this prayer, but here's how you pray. I pray for Rob. Father, I come to you. I give thanks for Rob. And I mention Rob in this prayer that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to Rob the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of Rob's understanding be enlightened, that Rob would know what is the hope of his calling, your calling on his life. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding, exceeding greatness of your power to Rob, who's a believer, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him as your own right hand in heavenly places? Glory to God. Amen. I prayed this prayer. I've had people, you know, they didn't see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't really get it. They were struggling with it. Pray this prayer for them. They don't see the truth on the fact that we're not, we're not, you know, we're not trying to get healed. We are the healed. We've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Healing is ours now. It's our possession. But they didn't see it. But pray this prayer for them. That the eyes, and the, I mean, revelation, wisdom and revelation. Revelation knowledge produces faith. Revelation of what? The Word of God and, and God's will. The eyes of our understanding, being enlightened. So, you know, we could say a whole lot more, but we're not going to because of time, you know, tonight. But pray that prayer. You shouldn't, don't be struggling, wondering what God's called you to do. All right? You should know. Now, I want to, say, I want to tell you this. Let's end with this tonight. How many of you have ever are driven like an open, we had an old pickup truck that did not have power steering out on our farm, right? It had a steering wheel about that big, right? And what did you have to put on there? You had to put a knob on there, right, to get that thing. I mean, now, if the thing was moving and the engine's on, <laughs> not just coach, but, the, you know, you could kind of, you could turn it and it just drove. But, man, if that thing's sitting still, you can forget it. And I know power steering locks up on you, but, I mean, that thing, you had to crank on that thing. Crank on a thing. So here's, here's, besides praying that prayer, start doing something. Help. You don't have to necessarily be called there. Just help. Every chance, anytime the church says, hey, we need help, that's me. That's me. I don't care if you're called to it, gifted in it or not. I had a guy, guy one time told me, I'm not called to stack chairs. Pastor was over there stacking chairs. Everybody else is stacking chairs. Little old ladies stacking chairs. This guy's not called to stack chairs. I said, well, if, you can't, if you're not called to stack chairs, I guess you're not called to sing on the worship team either then. He stacked chairs. He's good at it. He probably ended up being the best one that night. He had a gift, didn't even know about it. No. How many of you know it doesn't take special grace to stack chairs? You can just help. Well, once you get moving, then God can start moving with you, get you going. All right, let's all stand up. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. We give you praise and honor tonight. Lord God, I do pray this for this congregation, that you, the Father of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all glory, give each one a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that, you might, that they might know what is the hope of your calling. And what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? 
the exceeding greatness of your power to us who are believers, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only this world, but the world is to come. The Father has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. We give you the fullness of him that fills all in all. We give you all the praise tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything, it doesn't matter what it is. You need to get connected to God in some way to help you and someone to agree with you. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Bible teaches in the book of Acts. Come on down, ladies. Come to the ladies. Men, come to the men. They'll pray with you according to the Word of God. Why? Because that's where answers are found, in the Word of God. They'll, they'll agree with you in faith. And we believe you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Amen. Wednesday night, hour of power, right? It's the next thing on the agenda for Raymond Bible Church. And don't forget, young adults, Synergy. Are they, about fit, are they done yet with the Thursday night class, Ron? One more this week, one or two more this week. So there's still time if you want to go to Grief Recovery, you can get involved and at least get the last part of it there to help you out. All right. God bless you. Tell somebody tonight you love them before you dismiss. God bless you.